17 minutes it is before 8 p.m. And uh, I can't help but think, uh, you know, uh, Tanuso is dragging us here in this song. Uh, but that being said, uh, we must continue uh, to shine a spotlight on this, not only on the 24th of September. I think it's an anomaly for an African country. It's an anomaly for an African country to only wear its garb on, you know, Heritage Day. I mean, there's nothing more beautiful, for instance, than going into West Africa and you go even into a boardroom and you see people wearing uh, Ankara, wearing, you know, all manner of their own traditional garb. And we can talk about the problematics of that as well because many of the things that we see as our own traditional clothing, uh, some of its origins also are, are colonial and uh, we can't, I guess, run away from that kind of history. Uh, you know, even uh, what we understand, Shwe Shwe, to me, has its own uh, historic origins. And Nalama Charmani Nwangibayo now come, I guess, from a certain a context and a certain uh, Germanic uh, root, I understand. So, uh, yeah, these things are seldom uh, simple, uh, bundled with contradictions as they are. And uh, that's uh, the spirit within which we're going to have our next conversation, which is going to be taking a look at uh, the uh, origins of the uh, clan names. Now, on Heritage Day, uh, what you always see, especially on social media, are not only people dressed in uh, very beautiful uh, clothes. It might be Shpelani, Mipato, and all manner of... Uh, um, traditional uh, clothing and uh, regalia, but uh, they also recite their clan names. Uh, and clans are made up of groups and subgroups and families. And uh, I, I know certainly where I come from, the Eastern Cape, uh, in many instances, some of the clan names are associated with certain animals, uh, and uh, many others um, who draw their names from uh, totems and similarly uh, from animals, I should say. And similarly, uh, we know among Abatwana, for instance, that um, some of the totems are linked uh, directly to uh, many animals. And uh, the big question we're asking ourselves this evening is, uh, what is the significance behind your own clan name? Uh, what do you know about your family background and history? And maybe if there are some knowledge gaps there, where are they and what has accounted uh, for that? Because we do know that our clan names are passed down intergenerationally as a means of uh, telling the story of our own lineage. And uh, that being said, uh, today we, we try and uncover, I guess, the origins and even uh, the thinking and the crystallization of some of these clan names. And I'm joined by Dada Nelson Makubane Chabalala, Umshengu Shabalala Usopuza, and he joins us uh, this evening. Bob Shabalala, good evening to you. Good, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And uh, thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening. Uh, I was saying when we started our conversation now, as I was introducing it, that uh, many of us, uh, with uh, a great amount of pride, recite uh, the uh, names and uh, the lineage of uh, uh, our tribes, our clans, and uh, our family groups and subgroupings. And uh, oftentimes, I think we, we probably, at least of all in our generation, probably don't know the root and uh, the genesis of some of these uh, clan names or is Tagazelo or is it Dugo or, or Ditoko. And uh, where, where do some of these things come from? And uh, maybe if you could just briefly explain uh, in our own context here as uh, uh, a largely Bantu-speaking people, as, uh, as is often said by anthropologists, where, where do some of these clan names come from? Uh, th- thank you. Thank you, Ayabonga. And uh, good evening to your listeners all over. Uh, this is a very, very good question. Uh, and uh, I must say, clans are the units of uh, social organization of the cluster family. Mm. Whether, whether we can talk of uh, uh, Benguni uh, or, 
let's say the Bantu people, different tribal groups. Mm. Simply, it is an oldest family structure, and their direct sources which they were derived are almost endless. But however, Ayabonga, surnames and landship in Africa, and I'm talking of Africa as a continent, are estimated to have originated around the 15th century. Mm. And uh, clans and surnames here in Africa are most probably derived from our forebears who existed many, many years ago. Uh, I can give you a good example about uh, uh, my lineage uh, being a Shabalala as a surname. This was the name of uh, an individual who was the son of Mavoso. And uh, I come... Uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm about uh, 20 or 21 generations after that Shabalala, but mm. it's now the same name as well as a claim. Mm, mm. Let's pause there, uh, Mshengu, for just for a second while we take a quick spot break. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, unpack, I guess, the, you know, the clusters that you're speaking about and uh, the root of uh, some of these uh, clan names, because I also want to understand you know, who gets included in that lineage and who doesn't, because I think there are also uh, problematics and politics uh, around that. But we'll continue our conversation on the other side with uh, uh, Nelson Makubane Shabalala, Obaba's uh, author and a historian. And uh, we're asking you, uh, what's your clan name? And uh, what does it tell you about your own family background and uh, history and roots? I mean, I, m- I must tell you that uh, in my case, and uh, but uh, growing up, I didn't grow up in an environment uh, where I guess my own clan was dominant because uh, where I grew up in the Eastern Cape was largely a stronghold of the uh, Abatim, and uh, even my own grandmother comes uh, from those people. But I must say, uh, much later on in my life, when I did go to uh, the um, uh, eastern side of the Eastern Cape, as a Mount Elif, in a place called Emaklesbeni, that's when I got to understand. Uh, the root and I guess the genesis may be at some point in our historic development of my own people. But I'd love to hear some of yours. So uh, do uh, let us know. Give us a ring on 089-110-3377. We continue on the other side of this brief break. Seven minutes it is uh, before the uh, top of the hour and uh, we're discussing our clan names uh, this uh, evening and uh, many of you weighing in on that and uh, I'd love to hear some of your perspectives. Give us a ring on 089 I'm in conversation with the uh, author and historian uh, Bob Nelson Makubane Chabalala and uh, he was telling us that um, he uh, descends from uh, Chabalala and uh, and Dada Nelson I'm quite interested and in, I guess uh, just in your own clan name I mean the origins of Shabalala and uh, many of us know that uh, you know there are people who are Shabalala who uh, self-identify as uh, part of the Zulu nation there are many others who self-identify themselves as Tongas as well let's maybe talk just briefly about that and we'll come back to uh, I guess who gets included in uh, the uh, recitation of that lineage and who doesn't is that a question, yeah. uh, Bob? No, no, it's a question for you. I mean, uh, just as Oshabalala, uh, the root and the origin geographically, and, uh, and and I'm saying that one of the observations I've made is that Bakwana Boshabalala uh, from uh, 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 the Zulu side of things, and there are also Abanya Boshabalala uh, who self-identify as Tonga. Okay, B- briefly, Babi, Oshabalala uh, uh, is a very large group of a family. Mm. We, we are originally Swazi. Okay. Uh, we hailed from Kenya, 
from the area called uh, Embo, uh, which is about 120 kilometers from Mount Kenyatta Mountain. Mm. So we left Kenya around the 16th century, and uh, we settled uh, down at the area called uh, Tembo uh, at Mozambique. Mm, mm. In Mozambique, remember, right there, the migration of the Swazis from Kenya down to the south, there were no things like surnames. Clans were there, but there were no surnames. Surnames only originated the time when we arrived here. Because of the polygamous marriages, you find that you would now follow uh, the, 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 the lineage of your forefather, being Shabalala. Mm. Like uh, from our brutal family, uh, since we are from the Swazi royal family, King Litonga the first had uh, five sons from different wives. The, the eldest son was Lubi. Mm. The second son was Shabalala. The third son was Ramin the third. The fourth son was Mabuza. And the, 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 the youngest son was Kininza. All these names now, uh, they have become surnames and clans. Mm, mm, mm. And, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and Baba, I mean, I'm quite interested in, in, in the place around Mount Kenyatta that uh, you speak about there of Embo. Because uh, even in yeah. many of our languages, there's this notion of Ukbuyela Embo. Uh, uh, is, is it closely related, I guess, to that place as a geographic uh, a location and uh, I guess as a root of many Bantu-speaking and, and Guni-speaking people in Southern Africa? We, we, we are told uh, historically Embo region was uh, for the Nguni-speaking groups. Mm. It covered countries like Kenya, Tanzania, DRC, Rwanda, Malawi. Uh, all those countries, they were forming part of Embo. Mm. Uh, the Swazis were on the eastern part of the Embo region, uh, which uh, which uh, is Kenya, you know. Mm. And uh, some other, uh, particularly the Zulu speaking, most of them are, uh, are from DRC. If you recall, the, we had one player here who happened to play for Orlando Pirates, who was uh, Bongani Mbele. Mm. Uh, many of us might say, hey, you know, and Lelompele, I remember Lelompele who came from uh, Lelompele, yeah, from yeah, DRC, yeah, yeah, used to play for Pirates. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If you recall Lelompele, if you look at, uh, even if you can uh, trace his origin, mm. uh, he is from DRC, but we do have the Mbeles here. Yes. Uh, who will de- tell you that uh, their roots are from Embo, from the central Embo in in the former Zaire, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. This is fascinating. Uh, I'm in conversation with Wabu Nelson Makubane Chabalala. He's an award-winning author and a historian, yeah. and we're talking about Imvelapietunengubegoye uh, to this evening. And the other thing I want us to talk about, Babu Chabalala, just before we take some of our calls, um, and yes, yes, please weigh in there. Just before I ask the question. Yeah, I, I wanted to, your question, I wanted to, to, to in fact, answer your question around why do we have Shabalalas uh, uh, talking Zulu, yes, others yes, talking yes, Songa, mm. others talking Soto. And, uh, the migration of our Shabalala people in Mtongamvula, being our ancestral roots, took place right during the Mfekane in 1816. Mm. It later took, uh, uh, happened again, in 1861, May 1861, after the death of our king, King Manzangampis. Uh, when it happened, the Shabalala's migration was from Mkongamvula, and they settled at a place called Dahaskral, uh, next to Standarton. Mm. They then moved to another place 
uh, in Harris Meet here in the Northern Free State. They settled there for a bit long, but but among themselves there was internal family rivalry, and uh, which which then uh, separated them. Because of polygamous marriages. Mm. So, so they had to now fight among themselves. Others then said, you know what? Those who went to KwaZulu Natal were led by King Smasha, the son of King Mandalampisi. They then left and uh, settled next to the Songwani. Songwani being another Swazi clan that left Swaziland long before the Shabalalas. Mm. Gave the Shabalalas uh, the place there. Uh, uh, we now call it Emaswazi in, in Beckville in KwaZulu. Maufika corner, you will find the, the people who live there are the Shabalalas. You know, others migrated to Lesotho, others migrated to different parts of Free State, others to Northwest, and many others to the north now, where you find others are in Guyana now, are mm. in, in Tonga. The other major group, which is about 1.2 million now in Zimbabwe of the Shabalalas. Uh, they followed King, uh, in fact, King Muzilgaz when he left KwaZulu uh, at the time when he ran away from King Shaga, mm. Shaga Zulu. Mm. So historically speaking, uh, Muzilgazi was more in search of the, the Muti because the Swazis were believed to be people who were using strong Muti. Mm. And uh, his migration with his followers, uh, they passed through Mkongamvula. That's why now you find people may not know that the son of uh, uh, King Muzilgazi, uh, 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 who, who took over from him, King Lobengula, yes. was was uh, wa, he, 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 his mother was the daughter of uh, King Madlangampisi Shabalala in Kongam. Mm. Wow! So, so, so there, there are close relations. Uh, now you ask. Why do we have Shabalalas uh, in Zimbabwe? We do have Shabalalas in Zimbabwe based on the migration that uh, Amandebele, when they went through Mtongamvula, they took some of the mm. Shabalalas. Even many of the Jaminis, Isbongo Saga Jamini in Zimbabwe, it's very, very, very uh, popular. Uh, Moyo, a lot of surnames, they are all there in, in Zimbabwe. Okay. So I wanted to, to explain why we talk Yes, we are one blood, one stock. Mm. The only difference is only that uh, we went to other tribal groups uh, which absorbed us in such a way that uh, we had to change. Our culture had to change. Our language had to change. Mm. But we are tracing that now so that our people must know their Isiswati language. So typically speaking, we are Swazi okay. by origin. All right. Thank you very much for that fascinating explanation. And I think for some of our listeners who are tuning in, uh, if uh, you're picking up anything from what uh, Uba Sheng was is saying to us, is the consistency of uh, this theme of migration in uh, the uh, historic experience of African people uh, across many of our tribes. And I think if, if we think migration is a contemporary phenomenon, uh, as can be seen in uh, some of the... Uh, Afrophobic sentiment that we've seen in our country, then I think we've got another thing coming. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a ring there on zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. In Futuko, uh, certainly in my language, that's uh, the term for uh, migration. In Futuko, I own Duincha, and uh, I'd love to hear your perspectives about uh, some of the things that Babu Shabalala is sharing. And Babu Shabalala, the one question that I certainly have is, you know. Uh, who gets included and who gets excluded? It's quite clear if you listen to uh, some of the names that are rolled out in recitations 
of uh, the lineages of many groups of clans, it's often the men. It's often the, the patriarch in that lineage uh, whose name is able to transcend time. And in instances maybe where a woman's name is called out, it's either uh, she was a, a strong diviner or someone who was strong, uh, a medicine person or, or someone who had been uh, crucial uh, to efforts of war or anything of that kind and not just, I, I guess, for existing, as in many cases, uh, men whose names uh, become sort of immortalized just on the basis of the fact that they led the clan. Uh, so thank you for a good question. In in Guni uh, claims, uh, uh, and I would cite more to to both uh, uh, the Swati as well as Zulu Khosa and Amandevele. Is Tagazelo or is Nanateno? Tinta Nanjenezuzi. It touches more on our phobias mm. more than anything. Uh, like us, and I would always refer by, by uh, uh, making an example, in us when we say Shabalala, Mshenu, Shabalala is the father of Mshenu. Shabalala, mm. Mshenu, Litonga, Luga Mavuso. Litonga was the son of Mavuso. And now you see we start right on top because why we start with Ultonga? Ultonga is the, was the father of Ushabalala, Nabujamin, Nabu Mabuza. And you find similarly so, Mabuzas, Kininzas, uh, and the Subis, they start more or less like us. That thing shows that we cannot even intermarry with uh, such clan uh, uh, names because we, we are related by blood, you know? Hmm. Okay, let's take some of our so, listeners. So, so, so Shabalalas cannot intermarry with the Lamini. Mm. We cannot intermarry with the Mabuzas. With the we cannot intermarry with the Mabuzas. We cannot intermarry with the Kinizas. And uh, uh, I'm sure you're aware that uh, even the Mabuzas, uh, they call them Abumshin. Mm. You know? mm. Okay. Yeah. So, so to, to show a lot of relations, but that one we will unpack maybe in the near future uh, if you guys can arrange okay. as to why Abu Shabalala and Abu Mabuza are always having the same claim. Okay. I've got a quick I've, I've got a quick one here for for you, Babum Shengu, before I take some of the calls here. It's coming from Ipure Telangwakbona Larry Kancho there on Twitter saying and Telubuzubao Nelson Uba Ababandu Kutwanga Batwa Bonabasuga Pika Shirash Oganye Elikama Likama Lemboleko. So uh, the reference often made, I guess, to a, a certain Koya and the Sun communities as Abatwa. Uh, where does that name come from? Uh, and uh, we've also seen, I guess, extensive intermarrying uh, across multiple generations between uh, Koi and San communities and uh, many of the uh, Bantu and maybe Nguni uh, communities that have come into the area as well. Uh, I, I might say I'm caught napping on there. Mm. Uh, but, but, but the question is very, very uh, good and excellent. And I think uh, it's one that should be revisited and researched more. Uh, but uh, briefly, I would say maybe Abatwa are more of the original cluster of uh, the Khoisan. Mm. But to expand more as to how they relate on bloodlines, I would be lying. Uh, sure. But uh, I have met with uh, uh, the leaders of uh, the organization of uh, the Khoisan, uh, Neville Felix, uh, who is the secretary there. And uh, uh, sooner enough, maybe we will have answers uh, for that. Okay.
All right. I've got some of our callers here, and uh, I want us maybe to start with Kolisa, uh, who's all the way out in Mbumalanga. Kolisa, good evening to you, and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Malo <laughs> So um, the, the topic is very interesting, you know. Um, I have so many questions yet. I just want to say, but with my, can I just be selfish and talk about my plan? Yeah, sure. And sure. in the lab. Yeah. Yes. So apparently, Baba troubled at Mkulu, but my surname is Uchingana. Okay. Like FMLE, we also have another surname, but go to Ekiso. Uchingana and Ekiso come from Kumbu. Okay. Kumbu, Ekiso-Lindam. So again, go with ours. Apparently, um, our forefathers, Ushekis and Uchingana, were brothers. Mm. And then the Bebakatebaliola Ilifa. So originally from Black Hill, but Uchingana, we were mover, we were movela, Esulenka, we were Kogunga. So again, go that's how uh, my grandfather Naba, yeah, from back then, they said in Chingan. Okay, fascinating history there, Kolisa. Glamshaba Mampondo Mise, yeah, because I did Glamshaba Mampondo Mise, go like And the, the one thing I just want to say that I'm very grateful. Um, we just buried our grandmother earlier on this year. Um, but, you know, got the I think my grandmother. Yes, but yes. I just want to say, you know what? We are so grateful for everything our forefathers have done because my son is so blessed. We did not steal any land. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say, sure. grateful. You know what? Always go back to you. We are grateful. We are so happy. Seven Zagoma make it back. Six Twelegate thank you so much thank you so much for sharing that yeah, yeah thank you so much for sharing that a fascinating family and a clan history there and I'll get some of your views on that one but let's take let's take Ayanda all the way out Ayanda Kwanakunjan. <laughs> Okay, I
Oh, Ayanda, you're online. Ayanda calling us there from Nepal. And saying, calling us all the way out there from Mbekweni. So we're going to take a brief break now, and I'll bring in Ubabu Umshengum. Briefly, just to uh, maybe unpack some of these issues. Also getting a few questions coming through on Twitter. And uh, we'll pose uh, some of those questions uh, on the other side of this uh, brief break. 13 minutes it is after 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk with me, Ayabonga Tawe. And see Chonganesi Penyana. Africa, and uh, we are talking about our clan names is and I'm joined by Babu Nelson Makubane Shabalala. And uh, Babu Shabalala, you would have heard some of the um, inputs that were made by many of our callers, and maybe I want to draw our attention now to what happens. Uh, we know we live in a society where we have many single. Uh, apparent households and uh, when we talk about these issues of itagazelo uh, in the context of uh, many uh, i guess single-headed households in our country uh, what does that context look like for what is often called in our languages uh, and uh, uh, from an identity perspective how do we think of that i mean many of us grew up with an understanding that uh, you know umdana wendombi takes on the lineage and the clan of that family but uh, uh, are there any, I guess, uh, issues and uh, challenges that emerge from that particular identity formation? Uh, thank you, Ayabonga. Indeed, there are issues. Before I respond to your question, uh, the, the, the very first caller, I would like to comment and maybe I try to advise her mm. to search more of uh, her roots. Sure. Uh, historically speaking, like I've said to you that we migrated from uh, Kenya, mm. uh, near Mount Kenyatta in Embo. Yes. When we migrated, we were called Amambo. Mm. We were, there was nothing of Swazi uh, or whatever. We were called Embo people. Mm. It only happened when we arrived down in Mozambique, when there was a breakaway. And uh, 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 with, the, with regard to the first caller, uh, when I say she must trace her roots, uh, more thoroughly. Historically speaking, when we we arrived in, when our forebears arrived in Mozambique, uh, there was a breakaway right in Pongola under King Nkosi II. Mm. King Nkosi II had a number of sons, including Mkize, which is now a surname in KwaZulu Natal. Eh? Yeah. Uh, and also, one of uh, uh, his other Two twins were Mpondomise and, and Bondo. Mpondo mm. who then migrated. The time when Amambo uh, uh, broke away and the Swazis was a group that was formed as a tribe, the Mkizes went down to KwaZulu Natal, which is now a clan in the same. Mm. And the other two twin brothers went down to the Eastern Cape. So I, I was just trying to cover sure. that to say when we search for our roots. Coming to your your question, our African societies di- dictate that children must be born inside marriage. But the truth is that not all children in our societies are born within the confines of marriage. Yes, it, it, It's becoming a norm that our young girls nowadays, they get pregnant, and it seems that this is not considered a problem, even though it is a serious problem. Mm. Children often born outside 
always face complex emotional challenges, which include, among others, not fully accepted by some members of the family, uh, as you are being described as an illegitimate ch- uh, child. Uh, but however, Siabong, uh, Asbong, uh, that mar- uh, the, the marriage in African culture is an institution that binds two people together, a husband and a wife. Mm. And our African traditional culture does not encourage the birth of a child outside marriage. Therefore, an illegitimate child may not be May, may not be mocked by their playmates uh, openly, but you may discover along the way as you are old uh, that from your family's attitude, uh, the treatment that they give you, even if you may be older than their other children, you may be treated, uh, you know, uh, in a second class other than their children. Mm, That's mm. where now a person will notice now and say, uh, I'm, I'm really looking, I'm searching for Isbong Sagababa. Okay. I'm, lo- I'm searching for my, my father's sin. Yeah. In cases like that, culturally speaking, uh, if the father cannot really, if you locate your father and your, your father is unable to to pay Uksaula, uh, to pay ama damages for you, mm. and Malobola, that's where now you find you, if you are able to do so, you can really do so and pay such uh, uh, matters on behalf of your father mm. in order to claim the identity of your father. Okay. And in doing so, uh, if uh, negotiations go well, when you get to your father's side, that's where they will perform in Belego. When Whether you are now at adulthood or mm. what, you mm. will have to perform in Belego so that you are being welcomed into your father's family. Okay. All right. Uh, Babum Shengu, please hold the line there for me for a second uh, while we take some of our callers on this particular issue. And uh, let's take Andom Bentle from Newcastle. Andom Bentle, good evening to you and welcome to Metro FM Talk. Yeah, but, uh, Ngash, all right? Okay. Please go ahead, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, okay. ma'am. And uh, let's take uh, and Babum uh, Shengwa. I hope you've heard that one there. We are both in Tom Bentley. Uh, Abongo is Bashanga Nanjani. But let's uh, take Anonymous on the line three. Anonymous, good evening to you. Mm. Umba 
Uh, Okay. Then the city Okay. Uh, abafuabo ababini ze emvengoko wachata esa kisalo watopa kusu emvengoko mm. uchaga zange amsonipe umdu wakukwabo omnyama ulibuse walilaula nge gazi ilizu as a result of that ufumansi ndokba umdu olapa enadali umdu ongungosi umdu ongudlamini uvaleleke mm. etotini uvaleleke kwithini ifish akakwazi ukuembreza akakwazi uku ukuveza azimbe yabona mm. okay. umlombo wakhe into kuba yes. yena ungumswati yena ungumdrebele ngeyikhona mm. 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 engenamdana eh ayivezwa eyondo iyaqunywa iyafihlwa yintoni kanye kanye le ifihlwa ya ingaka yintoni kanye kanye le inobangela ukuba sitshiswe ichefu uvezwe ikala ele <laughs> Uh, what uh, uh, the gentleman has said there and uh, indicating that uh, i guess there's a lot there's been a lot of misleading information uh, about uh, the history in particular of uh, the zulu people and uh, he uh, raising the issue there which uh, i guess might get uh, many uh, people's tails up there saying that uh, you know shaga uh, wasn't as good a leader as uh, many people often suggest he killed two of his brothers in order to get 
uh, to the top seat there. And uh, also many people who uh, might not historically come from that Zulu lineage in KZN, and he mentions the families of Unko, Sabotlamini and many others, uh, might feel alienated. And uh, he feels that uh, many of them uh, culturally find themselves in somewhat of a box uh, in uh, Guazulu Natal. And uh, I want to maybe get uh, some of the perspectives there from Obabum uh, Shengu. Uh, because uh, it, it does link to the question that Runtom Bentler was raising from uh, Newcastle uh, to say wh- what is the link between uh, the Nkosi uh, family and that lineage and that of uh, the family Awashawalala and uh, maybe some of his own views about the interpretation of history there that Anonymous was bringing. And you can imagine uh, he had to even uh, share those views uh, anonymously because of, uh, I guess, potentially the backlash that could potentially emerge. Um, let me get some of your views on that. Yes, my my, my 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 views are, are simple with regard to uh, the caller from Newcastle. Yes. Uh, simply, I, I would like I would like to to simplify uh, Nkosi, and if I have to really uh, talk of the royal lineage of the Swazi tribe, it's a bit long, but I will start from Nkosi the first. Nkosi the first ruled over the Swazis from 1355 till 1400. Mm. Uh, his son took over Ngwani I, 1400 to 1435. Uh, and here we are talking about lineage. Uh, the, the son of Ngwani I, uh, both the tombs of Ngosi I and Ngwani I can be found in Kenya. Okay. The, the person who migrated and led the Swazis from Kenya down to the south was King Lamini, who was commonly known as King Matalatala. Mm. He ruled the Swazis from 1435 to 1465. Then his son took over down here in Swaziland, uh, King Muswadi I, who ruled over the Swazis from the 1480 to 1520, followed by Ngwani II, 1520 to 1550, followed by Lamini II, 1520 to 1550, uh, to 1600, 1555 to 1600, followed by Nkosi II. Nkosi II ruled from 1600 to 1640. That Nkosi II is the one whom we share with uh, the many clans like the Mkize, uh, the, 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 the Lamini, the Mabuzas, all of them. Even Isbong Saka Nkosi, uh, we share. We relate with Abunkosi uh, Gakuma. Okay, all right. And, yes. and so what would you say? The second yeah. had a son called Mavuso. So people mm. might relate now when we talk of Mavuso because that's where it's Tagazelo Stalako Nauti, Msheng Shabalala Msheng Dongan Luga Mavuso. As it tinted Unkosi, but this could be around how it was chosen, it could be around how brave was maybe. It, it, it could be that Mavuso maybe was a warrior, or he was maybe the, he was the king, but it could be other qualities that may be uh, associated with the choice of the clan around Istagaze. Mm. Okay, yes. all right. So some of your views on, uh, uh, you know, some of the Zulu historiography shared by our anonymous caller there, who... Uh, I guess even ventured to say that uh, those of royal blood uh, are feeding us all manner of uh, um, dishonesty and mistruths. Uh, 
the anonymous is making it uh, difficult for us. It becomes a complex matter if he calls himself anonymous, uh, uh, since the question is very sensitive. However, I must say that we should take note that uh, the time when King Shaga took over uh, and the, the, the time when Infekani started in 1816, uh, many, many tribes and as well as uh, uh, many clans, even the clans who ran away from their own tribal groupings, uh, they were captured uh, by the Zulu kingdom. Uh, in instances whereby you find, uh, even now, uh, in my own uh, Shabalala clan, you find uh, uh, many of my blood relatives now can be found in KwaZulu-Natal. You know? So uh, the, 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 it was such a whole thing of really capturing other clans but the anonymous is making it difficult now, not coming forward in mm. aspects. And uh, historically speaking, you know, if you are a historian, when you read history, it's always written the rise and the fall of a certain king. So the rise will talk more about the positive uh, attributes uh, as well as the, 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 the falling apart of uh, the fall of the kingdom. We'll talk more about... Uh, the, the, the shortcomings of the ruler of the particular tribe. So I don't want to dwell much, maybe, uh, to judge whatever King Shaga did, mm. uh, but it was the season that uh, took place here in Southern Africa, uh, the scattering, the infekan. It took place like that, whereby right now you find, even uh, even uh, I learned recently that there is a, a, a closer speaking clan in Zimbabwe. Indeed. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I heard uh, that they, they are, you know, they want to come back, you know. So it, it is very interesting because we do have borders now. Mm. Uh, how, how do we talk about that? How do we, uh, you know, uh, accommodate them? Sure. You know? And in that how vein, do we accommodate yeah. the, the Shabalalas in, 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 uh, in fact, the, 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 the Shabalala brute family, it's all over Southern Africa mm. in more mm. than seven yeah. Shengu, just as we wrap up, I mean, I want us to, to uh, maybe sort of close on the issue that you're raising there, which is how do we, in the context of the kind of migration you've mentioned and the scattering uh, that uh, you've spoken about, uh, think about, you know, a, a continental and an African identity, at least uh, certainly in the context we've seen where uh, people have been chased and hounded out uh, for by accident of birth being born on the other side of a border fence or and uh, um, uh, other dastardly things that we've seen uh, and, and in much of the conversation we've had now it's become very clear to me that uh, a lot of what we think is our root and our heritage never appear to uh, is uh, in many instances very erroneous and we sometimes have a very narrow understanding of who belongs where uh, because, uh, you, you know, the big question is that if we chase out people from Kenya, these are, in many instances, the same people who come uh, from Ambo, uh, where, where many of us come from. And so how, how do we think about uh, much of what we've been talking about in the context of Afrophobia, in the context of trying to unify our continent and all of these tensions and, uh, and anti-migrant sentiment when we come from a continent that historically has always had a very a strong and a continuous history of the migration of people across different spaces, borders, and even environments? Uh, thank you. That, that's a good question, as uh, our country uh, was experiencing recently, uh, you know, terrible violence, which I should not even uh, describe it as xenophobic in nature. 
uh, it was violence in such a way that uh, uh, you know you look at the state of uh, poverty uh, within the country. Uh, you look at the state of uh, opportunities uh, that the locals uh, have been fighting over uh, ever since. Uh, however, we, we need to have awareness uh, amongst ourselves as Africans because uh, before 1854, uh, before the conference that was led by Otto von Bismarck uh, in Berlin, said, mm. yeah, in Berlin, there were no borders in Africa. I'm not saying let borders be open, but we should find a way to say how do we assist each other, and also our governments should find a way, as uh, we do have African Union, to find a way to say those African leaders in other African countries should uh, account for, 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 for how they run their countries, you know, because uh, we cannot uh, uh, really become somehow to say we have to take everything uh, that has come from the failures of the other African leaders. So we do have uh, good presidents in Africa. We've got now this guy who's doing very, very positive development uh, in Rwanda, King Kigame. You know? So even us here in South Africa, if we don't become careful, uh, some of us, we might find ourselves uh, in Rwanda one day now looking for opportunities because we, other African countries are unable to handle pressure to deal with the high, high demand of their populations. And I'm talking about the whole thing that should, it's employment, people really should uh, get employment. Mm. If people get job opportunities, if people get economic opportunities, uh, and we, 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 we can now, uh, and I'm not being uh, biased, uh, we should uh, now when we say we do have ravages in South Africa, are they political ravages or economic ravages? Mm. Uh, th- th- that is the other subject maybe that can be discussed maybe in another platform to say, when you are, you are this side and you call yourself a, you know, a political ravage, but yes, your status, it's not like that. Mm. So we need to study that. But over and above uh, the whole thing, I think uh, there is uh, an awareness that uh, should be canvassed amongst ourselves, both from national, provincial, and uh, local government, uh, particularly local councillors, to really try to do awareness. Not every time that uh, whenever uh, violence erupts, uh, then we blame it on xenophobic, you know? It it, it happened. What's happening now happened to Ghana. Uh, 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 Ghana chased Nigerians away. And later on, a, de- a decade mm, after, Nigerians chased, chased away the Ghanaians, mm. you know? So, so, so there, there is a root cause about this, and uh, uh, it's purely violence uh, which should be addressed by all of us. We are all stakeholders on this, but over and above. Awareness is key because, uh, uh, for instance, you may not be aware that, uh, uh, based on my research, mm. I discovered that over and above the 1.2 million uh, Shabalalas in Zimbabwe, we do have about 200,000 in Malawi. Wow. We, will I call that person Kwere Kwere? Hmm? That's my brother. I cannot. So we come from the same blood and the same stock. We are one blood and one stock as Africans. Babum we Shem. should find a way 
to, to fight this. You know. we'll have to leave it there. Indeed, the route is one. Really appreciate you coming out to speak to us this evening here on Metro FM Talk. Nelson Makubare Shabalala, an award-winning author and historian, talking to us this evening about uh, Lomnombo and uh, our own roots uh, as embodied, of course, uh, in uh, the storytelling that is our clan names, Itagazelo uh, Zetu, Lidi Toko, Tsaruna. And a big thank you there to uh, you, Babu Mshengu. Mshengu Shawalala. I thought you would be telling the listeners about my lineage. I must do it next time. I must do it next time. After I've listened to this podcast, and then uh, oh. uh, and uh, uh, that I'm oh. very much in tune with uh, the lineage. Thank, Thank you so much, Baba Nyabong. That there was uh, Baba Nelson Shabalala speaking to us this evening. And I guess uh, very, very eye-opening and revealing things. I mean, one of the things that really appealed to me is, uh, uh, you know, there's an idiom. or I don't know. And maybe some of you who, uh, I guess, speak much better closer than I do will correct me here. But uh, there's a, a turn of phrase. And uh, this, uh, the gentleman we've been speaking to was speaking about uh, how all of us as we migrated down were still uh, then called Amambo. And uh, it means all and sundry, everybody. Uh, is there. So uh, I guess that's the did you know on the back of the Chepis uh, fact for today. Let's take this brief break. On the other side, we talk about how uh, some